Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. to the show and today my guest is Mas Sajadi. Mas is a world-renowned consciousness programmer who through his unique techniques and meditations shifts people's lives to an evolved and advanced frequency level that enables them to achieve success, fulfillment and happiness from a natural and balanced state. From a very young age, Mass showed signs of higher intuition, and after his second near-death experience, he acquired highly advanced capabilities for quantum frequency programming. His journey to discover the true meaning of this newfound ability led to his own personal breakthroughs, giving him a new, effortless, happy, and fulfilling life. This found knowledge enlightened him with the limitless possibilities in human potential. And today, Mass fulfills his potential by helping others reprogram and elevate their frequency to activate their inner force and experience life from a place of confidence, stability, significance, and abundance. So I am super excited to welcome Mas Sajadi to the show. Welcome, Mas. Sarah, thank you so much for having us. Well, I'm very excited about this. All my yes. followers will know that I interviewed you already, didn't I, for the love event where we're both going to be in Miami in February. But this Absolutely. is all about you, Mas. And I know from my initial conversations with you that this is going to be a, such a fascinating, helpful episode for my listeners so your backstory is yes. so amazing that I would love it if you could share it with my listeners sure and again you tell me how deep you want to go but overall I've had two near-death experiences and like um, you know like Anita Merjani I don't know if you're familiar she wrote this very popular book uh, dying to be me and she cured herself of cancer and there's there's other individuals who've you know had near-death experiences and, and they've really come out with you know really amazing abilities you know they they become savants almost you know great mathematical skills great artistic talents great uh, uh you know future vision you know people have had psychic abilities and so on like that uh, I happen to come out, which we all have, by the way, I happen to come out with abilities on bringing out, say, the best possible you. And, and that's what I do. And, you know, I make it so simple that one, you don't have to have a near death experience. And two, even if I told you the science behind it, you probably wouldn't believe me anyway, because it's so simple. So. But I know my listeners are going to be thinking, well, what happened? I mean, one near-death experience is is enough for a lifetime, maybe, but two. So, yes. yeah, please do tell us what happened. We're fascinated. Well, yeah, the, the first near-death really allowed me to, and it was a rail car accident. Uh, I used to work at a at a warehouse, you know, when I was a young kid, college job. And I got my jaws crushed between uh, these two walls. I'll describe the whole story. So inside a rail car, Sarah, you've got these moving walls that hold the product in place. And that moving wall was stuck. So I offered to climb up 
you know, up on top and, and, you know, pull that wall while my team members were pulling underneath. And this wall is about maybe like six, 700 pounds. So pretty heavy. And then all of a sudden it gave way. And I slid across the rail car. And then what stopped it was my jaw between the wall and the ceiling members. And I got my jaws crushed. So I was hanging, not by my neck, but by my jaw right there, uh, just dangling like that. And it sounds scary, but it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've had because, one, I, I'm here to tell about it. Uh, two, it allowed me to see the limited possibility of who we think we are. Because this is where I was still conscious, but I wasn't in my body. In fact, I was floating out of my body. And I'm sure you've told, uh, you've heard stories or even seen movies, you know, where people float out and they look over themselves, you know, on a surgery table or, you know, those kind of situations. Well, that was me. I was floating out and I was looking at my body and I'm going, wow. I felt really sad for myself. It's like, you don't know who you really are, did you? And I was so limited. But then within a flash, I asked myself, I go, wait a second, what am I doing here if my body's over here? I'm supposed to be in my body. I'm supposed to be there, you know? And it's like, I wasn't. And then that's the flash. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm dead. And that really opened me and that really pulled me behind the veil even more. And I realized the grandness. And then all of a sudden, this great joy, this great love that we're all looking for, right? Uh, the beauty, the grace that we all are seeking, boom, filled me. And, I'm, and I, I didn't even think about my body anymore. I was going, whoa, this is the world that I want to be in. Uh, so, uh, and then, you know, we, I went through uh, the layers, uh, I guess, or the tunnel of light. You know, the tunnel of light, usually people go through meeting their, um, their loved ones. And so I didn't go through that. I skipped that. And I went into a life review. And that life review is not really a life review to me. It was actually a life relive. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because a lot of times, you know, judging, and I can analyze your audience, uh, uh, scan your audience as we speak, uh, and even scan you, uh, by the way, as we speak. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about my abilities later on. But that life review is not, you know, some bearded white man that's angelic or God, you know, sitting across the table and going, you know, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, and then tally up the score, you either go, you know, up or down. Guys, it's got nothing to do with that. It nothing to do with that. It it literally is about you, and it's not a life review. You live, you relive your life all over again. But you live it from a consciousness of your grander version of who you are. So from from the you know from the time I was born all the way till that time of death, and it only takes maybe a few seconds. But since time is distorted, you can live. For me, it was about twenty two years in maybe a matter of a few seconds, because again, time gets distorted. So you live, you experience all the things that you've ever done all over again, but you get a chance to write it. You get a chance to go, oh, I understand what it was about. So there is no, I wish I could have, or I wish I should have, or I wish it's like, why did I marry this person? Why have I gotten divorced so many times? Why have I, do I get abused in these relationships? All those things that we think about is like, why the hell did that happen to me? 
you see it not from a kindergarten level, because that's the way we are, or even preschool, because a lot of times, you know, we're going through life as a preschool level, but you see it, you live it from the grander being that you are, that pure spirit that that we are, right? That limitless possibilities of who we are. And when we see that, we get to write a lot of things or basically rewrite uh, our life. Uh, And it was an amazing experience. And then it's like, there's a voice that comes out I don't know where that voice is, but it's like, yeah, you know, you have a choice. Do you want to stay here or do you want to go back? And they push you. It's literally like you get vortex back. You know, uh, it's not like you really have a choice. It's like, yeah, do you want to stay here or do you want to go back as they push you back? And it's like, it's really jolting and it really hurt. Um, um, but that experience really allowed me to see the brilliance. It allowed me to see the pure love that we're, you know, that we're always going for. It allowed me to see the abundance that we're all searching. Uh, and as I drop back into my body, that's when the, you know, the pain, uh, the pain of my jaw, uh, the realization, you know, that where the hell am I? And then I dropped to, um, you know, the floor of the rail car, which was about, I was probably about six, seven feet high. And I just dropped and that's when I just blacked out. Uh, and then I found myself in the hospital with my jaws wired shut and, and, uh, those three, four months of my jaws being wired shut, you know, so my jaws can heal. Um, again, an amazing experience because I was living from the bigger possibilities of who we are. So, so that was the first near death experience. <laughs> Wow, I mean, wow, what a story. I mean, there are no words. I mean, that is an incredible thing to have experienced, but also to remember and then bring that back. So you you were talking about there were abilities that you learned from that. I mean, you're only young, right? So so how yeah. were you was there no fear of that? Was it was it acceptance? How did you process that? And how do people around you process that? Well, it was pretty interesting because people around me started to look at me differently. I didn't fit in because well, you know, kind of birds of a feather flock together. And well, you know, when you know who you are compared to the masses that don't know who they are, and even today, you know, as I've ascended my abilities, and that's what I teach people to come into their abilities, their power that we all have, you know, yeah, you start to separate and you start to, you start to feel alone, or you start to isolate yourself, because you'd rather be with the crowd over here, you know what I mean, the bigger potential of who we are, rather than, you know, the people who have the problems, and, and you're, it's not like losers, you know, winners, but it's like, gosh, I don't associate with people like that, so it was hard, you know, for me, Um, but I didn't pay much attention to it, frankly, you know, because I was more interested as like, what are the possibilities of living that life in physical form? It's like, it's like, do you have to die to experience that life? So my whole trajectory up to the second near death experience is like, how do I live that life here? I want that life here. And I think that's what we all crave, right? Because we all know at a deeper level that we're really grander beings and we're not supposed to be in this reality uh, with so much uh hatred or so much um you know fake love as i call it you know all those things that we decide it's like i think we're all searching for the same thing literally it's like but i was just awakened to it it's like and the awakening part is that is that hey guys we don't have to search anymore it's over there you know what i mean 
so that's the only difference. Yeah. So, so through that whole time, about 20 years or so, till I was like 47, uh, that was my second near death. So uh, in between that time, I was a very successful computer programmer. I, I, I ran my own uh, web development company as database design. Um, and, and so programming, programming was highly important for me. Um, and I actually failed like computer programming in college. <laughs> That's, that was the weirdest thing. <laughs> so I think that was one of the gifts that I got after this near death. Aside from, you know, being really intuitive, I could see future vision for people. It's like, oh, that guy's going to get sick or that person. So those, those things started coming in. You know, my intuition, as I call it, started coming in. So were you no. using those abilities? Because computer programming, I mean, doesn't sound as spiritual as you know, using the intuition and, and helping people. They're quite different. So how did, how did you balance that? That's, you know, I'm glad you asked that question, Sarah, because, well, there's a huge connection. And we'll find out on you know in my second year death if that's okay i'll tell you that yeah sure sorry go ahead yeah yeah so the key to and and i use my computer programming knowledge you know data-based design and so on like that um and i was really good at it and because i could intuit what the client actually needed before they they even knew what they even know what they needed that was really the key so that you know made me very successful as a business person so fast forward to the second near-death experience you know we were on a family holiday uh we went to belize and we were just talking about cenotes and so on right you know mexico belize and it was beautiful and we decided to take a rafting trip now just to get to the rafting trip was an amazing experience because everything was sold out um you know so it, that thing to have that experience, that experience, yeah, for me to have that experience was laid out, I think, by the universe, you know, because again, the, the, the raft was sold out, nobody could get in, uh, and we were just walking out the ship, and I remember this person, they weren't looking for anybody else, they just came to us, and it's like, hey, you know what, we have, you know, a group of whatever, one more rafting, you know, opportunity, it's like, that's what we're looking for, is like, you know, was it an angel from heaven or whatever? But it's just one of those things is, you know, it's like I had to be on this rafting trip where I drowned. And that's what we did. Uh, we went into the rafting trip. We were in the middle of the jungle. We trekked out. And, you know, they're handing out the, you know, the inner tubes. It wasn't a raft. It was an inner tube uh, and the life jackets. But they didn't have enough life jackets so I was a really strong swimmer. So I go, well, it's okay. I don't need a life jacket. You know, I'm a strong swimmer. So again, all those things laid out for me to drown. And we went into the river and it was really fast. I mean, it was, it was high tide. It was high season, you know, um, rainy season. So the, 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 it wasn't your family river rafting trip, let's just say, which was supposed to, cause I had little kids uh, in uh, back back then like six years old you know we were at the edge of the river and all of a sudden i noticed that well one before that uh i had tied and checked and double checked and triple checked i don't know why for some reason that my kids life jackets were tied properly i even double knotted them you know aside from the clip i knotted them just and i'm going you know 
I'm not, I'm not that fearful kind of person. Why am I, why am I like this? You know, why am I double knotting my kids' life jackets? And then we get ready to jump into the river. And then all of a sudden I noticed that the jungle just went quiet. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad, and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. You know, there was birds chirping, there was wind and there was other sounds. And all of a sudden, it just like, it was so surreal. Everything just like knew, the universe knew that something was going to happen. And, you know, through the years, through the decade that I've been doing this, there's always a telltale sign that the universe knows when a tragedy happens. You know, when people die and so on like that, there's an experience like that. Um, you know, w- when that, say that quietness came over, I'm going, wow, so peaceful. What's going on? You know, it was, it was scary quiet. Just like in the movies, it gets scary quiet. And then, and then I jumped in, you know, and, and, the, and the first thing that the guide says is like, you know, you need to hold on. You need to interlock your legs because the river is really fast. It'll take you out into other tributaries where you can get pulled into underground waterfalls and caves. So, and I'm going, that doesn't sound like a kid, <laughs> kid-like experience. I'm like, what the hell? But you know, we're in Mexico, so you know what I mean. So, <laughs> um, so as soon as we leave, I mean, float out, all of a sudden, it's like somehow my foot got unlocked. And two of my kids and I floated out, um, my wife at the time, and the other, you know, kids floated the other way. We went the other way. And I could see that I was getting sucked into the cenote or a hole in the river. It was just this huge rock jutting out with a huge hole, just like as man-sized, you know, like a sewer hole, about this big, you know, just big enough for, say, a person to get sucked into. So I saw this and it was so rapid, you know, when water moves, you can't do anything especially when you don't have a rudder or anything else, you know, to, so I pushed the kids out of the way, uh, my two young boys out of the way. And then I got sucked into the hole. And then I went into the bowels of the river and, um, and I re-experienced what I experienced the first time, the disconnect of my body. Uh, and it was a really joyous experience. I know it sounds crazy. It, it was frightening <laughs> as hell. It was frightening as hell though. I'm not saying it wasn't frightening because it's like, God, you know, I'm holding my breath underwater. I'm getting sucked deeper and deeper because basically cenotes are literally um, lava tubes that are now filled with water, you know, so they do go into the bowels of the earth and they're pretty deep. 
But somehow uh, I go, I can't hold my breath anymore. And that's where you, the brilliance, because you know, you're going to die again. You know, it's like, uh, here we go again. But I was excited because it's like, I, it, I was familiar with the process basically, you know, and I was awakened. So I split from my body and I could watch my body, you know, float down into you know, the tunnel. Um, although it was quite, it was pitch black, you know, I could just literally see my body because I wasn't seeing from my eyes. I was literally seeing from, you know, my spirit version. And, you know, I, I um, and, and then it's like, I watched my body disappear. And then I floated through the water. I floated through the rock. Just literally, I could feel myself go through the rock and into a heavenly space. And I passed the tunnel of light. And here's the key secret that makes me different than other people who have near-death experiences, is that I passed through where you shouldn't go through. So, you know, there's that tunnel of light, and the tunnel of light literally helps you graduate back into who you are as a spirit. So you're not supposed to come back. So, but I did. So I peek behind what happens there. Uh, and at that level, you feel and you experience yourself in pure form. Okay. You can be anything you want. You don't need anything because you are the love that you need. You don't need love. You don't need obviously money or anything like that because you are everything that you could possibly be, be at one time because there is no time and space. You are all that you, I mean, you could ever imagine and more. And I'm going, wow, this is really cool. But I had, I still had a human identity. And then something else clicked in. I went into this beautiful blue void, which let me even higher. And, and that's where there is no, say, definition of time and space uh, at all. That beautiful blue void, well, it eliminated the concept of me of a spirit being in human form. At that level, you know, when you release that, you become a universe of your own. And it feels like a universe of your own. And at that level, you have access to all the information that ever was, is, and shall be, because again, it's there's no time and space. So at some level, I've connected, or when I came back into my life, which was quite a uh, an amazing experience, um, I'm still connected to that universal database, as I call it. Uh, so, so how did I come back? I don't know because I found myself about 100, 200 yards uh, above river from where I came down, which was really unbelievable because the water would, you know, wash you down river. But I saw myself again a couple hundred yards, and I could still see my inner tube getting pulled in you know because it was it was too big to get sucked into the hole I, i'm going wow you know i just died and i was on the edge of the river really calm it was a, just a calm place in the river and i'm going whoa somebody must really love me <laughs> that's all i said somebody up there must really love me because i and it's like I wasn't choking. I wasn't drowning. My, my fingernails were pulled off because because I was trying to crawl back out of that tunnel, and my back was all you know scratched up, bloody because I was trying to push so I didn't wouldn't get sucked down. Other than that, it was like I was in euphoria because I was living from a heavenly space in this physical reality. So, but after that, that's where my abilities started to come in. So you came back, and then you found your family. They discovered you. And they, yeah. they what happened. 
Well, they discovered me. And uh, by then, you know, the, the, the ship, they weren't, uh, you know, because it was a cruise ship. They had um, sailed off because we were hours late. <laughs> Not just a few minutes, we were hours late. It was the craziest uh, event, Sarah. So, so my family found us. Uh, we all got back together, you know, my you know, all of us. And, and then we had to get another taxi because the bus and all that stuff left so uh, just to make it short we got this car finally to take us and then the car had a breakdown so we were sitting somewhere for like a couple hours till another car came through you know and it was just a dirt road so you didn't need to go to hospital you you were fine you just carried yeah. on yeah yeah i mean i was bloody but you know i you know we i wanted to get back to the ship because i didn't want to get stuck there you know, and we were really scared when we, you know, when our family got together, we were just like crying and bawling because, well, I thought I had lost them. They had, they thought I had lost, you know, their dad, but that scenario. Um, so finally we got the driver, we got back on the ship and we had to get a fair, you know, a boat that taxis along, you know, gets to the, gets to the ship and then they open up the planks again. And then while the ship is cruising at, you know, their full speed, because we we're like an hour late, you know, because uh, they, they don't stop the ship. It's the craziest thing. They put the planks down and then they literally, you know, I was handing over, you know, my babies at the time, you know, on this plank. It's like trying to get back in the ship. And it was the craziest thing. But after that, uh, you know, after all the crying and getting back together and all that, you know, with the family, um, you know, we, we went into, you know, the big dining room hall. And this is where it was the craziest thing here. I could see people's, at the time, I thought it was people's aura because that's all I heard about. But I was actually seeing people's spirits. And, and I'd look at somebody and it's like, oh, that guy has kidney problems. That guy has, you know, relationship problems. Oh, that guy had a fight with his wife. You know, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like I could scan people. Just, just like um, Iron Man. Have you seen the Iron Man, the visual? you know, that they have, you know, and all the logistics yeah. come up. Basically, that's what it was. It's like, I look at people and it's like all these logistics of that, that, that person would come up, you know, uh, you know, how they were born, you know, they got abused, you know, the, the divorces and stuff. I'm going, whoa, what is that? It was, it was really overwhelming. And it's like, I had to shut it down, um, but I couldn't. So I, you know, I learned to live with it at first, uh, and then over time, I learned to, uh, uh, you know, shut it down and use it properly like I do now. That's it for today's episode. Do make sure to join me on my next episode for part two of my interview with Master Jardi. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.